episode of Don't Fuck With The Original. I'm your host, Casper. <clears throat> and I am your other host, Becky Gremlin. Here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays because... Wednesdays are for podcasts. You guys. And spooky stuff. Is it just me or are you seeing a lot of spooky stuff out in stores and on social media and just happening a lot right now? Because I'm seeing a lot of it right now. And y'all, I had my first pumpkin latte. Let me try that again. I had my first pumpkin (laughs) spiced coffee today. And it got me in that mood. You know that mood. All my pumpkin spice people, you know that mood. And I was just kind of derping around on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And I'm like, oh my God. Derp. Derp. (laughs) And I was just derping around. It's what you do. It's what you do. And then during my derp. I found, (laughs) during my derp, I just loved derp. During my derp, I found a lot of articles showing Bath and Body Works coming out with their Halloween stuff. Me too. Michael's coming out with their Halloween stuff. Same. My friend found Halloween candy at Kroger today. It's happening. It felt like Halloween at six o'clock this morning. Fall is coming. It's got them. It was so Mm -hmm. lovely. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fall is coming. <laughs> not, all, not that I don't love my summer beaches and my summer breeze. Makes, makes me, me feel, feel fine. fine. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love that fucking oh, song. I was, gonna I know, I was totally going to harmonize. I was ready. I was totally getting ready to harmonize with you. And I was like. I'm fucking. I'm sorry. I stopped. I fucking love amazing <laughs> I just fucking love that song so much. it's a great song but you know when by 9 30 10 o'clock i'm sweating balls and that's a.m ready yeah a.m a.m <laughs> it's 10 o'clock a.m and i'm already sweating balls profusely i have itty bitty titty sweat girl imagine having booby sweat like real like like real boobies girl let me tell you about it it's not great. It just all sucks. All of it sucks. All sweat sucks. It's terrible. Butt it's crack. o'clock in the morning. Butt crack back titty sweat at 10 in the butt morning. Butt crack back titty sweat. Terrible. <laughs> so, look. It's all 10 right. o'clock in the morning. I'm done. I was already done. My sweat was going through my shirt. <laughs> Damn my butt crack. My butt. Yeah, I was. I'm. You're. You're done by by ten thirty. Apparently, this is going to be a very musical episode. <laughs> We're going to try. Um, but yeah, I I. Can't it's starting to it, get to so that I'm, point I'm where in the evening, fall. like yeah. night night time, it is getting really cool. Like not like oh that's cool, but like cool, like a lot uh, cooler than it is during the day. Yeah, at six a.m. there was a slight mm. chill in the area. Mm, like, God, I love that. Chill. I was like, Ooh. oh my God, what if? When we're in Waverly, what if it's like that at night? I'm so... If it feels like fall, I'm literally just going to orgasm all over. Because I've been to Kentucky in August, and it's usually sweltering. So, yeah. (laughs) I mean, we'll see. I really hope, though, it'll be midnight to 6 a.m., so it's literally going to be the dead of night. Yeah, It's not going to be... I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I almost said the dead of winter. (laughs) Gonna be the dead it just winter. rolls off the tongue. <laughs> it's because of the Waltons. 
But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I watched The Waltons. If anyone even knows what the fuck that is, I I'm actually sure like The Waltons. there's a few people that would know. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> everybody's <laughs> been living under a goddamn rock. I mean, it's just probably a lot of people are like, this bitch knows what The Waltons are? Yeah, I watched The Waltons. Still. You were either uh, <clears throat> The Waltons or uh, Little House on the Prairie, or both. Yeah, I wasn't Little House. See, I didn't we like that. Watch Little House on the Prairie because my dad liked uh, <clears throat> Michael Landon because my dad liked uh, Highway to Heaven. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. Anytime I ever saw that guy, um, I can't think of his name. He's from It. Oh yeah, he was John Boy. John Boy. Uh, He's always just John Boy to me. Oh my god, he will always be John Boy. Even the first time I saw it, I was like, John Boy. I did too. I was like, John Boy. John Boy. I think my dad did the same thing. John How Boy. How could you not, though? If like, you've watched the Waltons at all, you know that's John Boy. What is his... Okay, I have to look up his name. I'm so it's sorry. It's Thomas or Fred? Richard Thomas. Richard Thomas. Yeah. Richard Thomas. Played Little Bill. Um, <laughs> oh, I loved that show, Little Bill. Yeah. Oh my god, I did too. Did you watch Little Bill? I did too. I loved Little I Bill. Loved Little Bill. Little Bill and Little Bear. Don't those were my shits. I love those shows. He won an Emmy. For, for it? John Boy Walton. Oh, no. for John Boy? For John Boy. Yeah, he won an Emmy. God, that show went on for like... 1972 to 1981. I thought you were about to say 19 seasons. I was like, no. <laughs> it wasn't that long. It was not. No, I don't think so. Uh, last I time don't I recall checked. that. Um, Longest running show. Yeah, that's a good, it's a good show. It the few times show. that I watched The Waltons, it was a good show. I didn't even know about the Christmas special until you told me. The Christmas uh, special is what made that show. Yeah. That was the first thing ever made of The Waltons. Of The Waltons and then the show. They changed after. the mom, they changed the dad, and they changed the grandpa from the movie to the show. To All the show. of the kids stayed the same, though, okay. and the grandma stayed the same, as far as casting. But, um, and the guy that owned the shop was the same, too, Ike. Oh, I did, I didn't get that. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> There's gonna I, be a split. There's gonna be people listening to this going, oh. I was gonna be like, yeah, I, I, I have no fucking idea. <laughs> See, I yeah, like I said, we mostly watched Little House on the Prairie. Well, I have family. We both have family that hails from the South, so you know the Waltons was the thing. <clears throat> well, they kind of all go hand in hand. I mean, the same type of show that was popular around that time. They were both long running. They both had move spinoff movies. They both mm-hmm. made careers of. Oh, oh, and tell me how, like, it was years, literal years later that I found out that Melissa Gilbert from Little House on the Prairie and Sarah Gilbert from Roseanne are sisters. Well, I was just today years old when I <laughs> you found that out. <laughs> I was You're th- welcome to anybody that didn't today know that. Years it old. was literally years, like, grew up, little, little kid with Little House on the Prairie, and then later watched Roseanne, and then, like, Everybody had a crush on Darlene. I mean, seriously, if you're a girl and you're questioning your sexuality in the 90s, it was like, oh my God. Oh my God. I wasn't allowed to like, watch Roseanne. So and I then she know. was a lesbian. And then, I mean, anybody that was. And then you come to find out years later, you're like, oh, she's a lesbian. Huh. You know, like always those girl crushes. And then you find out years later they're lesbians. And you're like, yes. 
Kristen Stewart. <laughs> I didn't find her, that out, though. I was like, oh, honey, you got to come out sometime. Got to come out sometime. Oh, <laughs> Ellen Page. Like, I knew. Oh, I knew Ellen and Page, And then she too. did. And I was like, yay. Sarah Paulson, <laughs> I knew, too. But I was still excited about that. Oh. Kate McKinnon, I did not know, actually. That one surprised me. Because I didn't know much about her yet. Oh, I didn't either. So when she came out, I was like, yeah. oh, that's cool, but I don't really know. And now I'm like, I love Kate McKinnon. Yeah, same. <laughs> exactly. Like, Kate McKinnon's in it? Okay. Um, exactly. So, guys, we are bringing you part D of H.H. H. Holmes. <laughs> Which is two. Ba-dum, in da-dum, French. Da-dum, if you didn't know that. <laughs> that's perfect. I got vibe Music. on it. I was like, that's perfect music. Da-dum, da-dum, da-dum. That's, that's probably perfect that's... music for this. <laughs> it's not the same effect, though, is it? <laughs> I thought it was perfect. It's like the right, it's the right mood, mood music. <laughs> okay, that probably, you know, if anybody was listening to that in earbuds, we apologize. I just farted if in the your volume ear. was turned all the way up, I just <laughs> farted in your ear, basically. Sorry. Apologies. I'm done. We're, we're done. I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. Apologies. Um, I'm so not you sorry. guys did not listen to part one, stop. And listen to part one, of course. Pause. You're going to be really lost. And we're back. Right. <laughs> um, so now we're actually going to get into kind of a deep dive of Holmes's murders, and um, later into his arrest, conviction, and whatnot. After that, um, we're going to talk a lot in depth too about his partnership with uh, Benjamin Peitzel. Which is a huge, has a huge, huge, huge role in him getting arrested and caught and shit. Yeah, this is pretty, that's, that was pretty central to not only the capture, but the ultimate trial itself. Because, you know, as we mentioned before with him, um, H.H. Holmes, real name, Herman Webster Mudgett. Uh, confessed to 27 murders, but was only confirmed nine, and there have been at least up to as many as 200 reported, um, mainly in and around the quote-unquote murder castle that was located in Chicago, uh, and a lot of this is where Benjamin Peitzel comes into play. So it was him and his family, ultimately, that were uh, amongst the murders that he was ultimately convicted of, the nine um, that were confirmed. So uh, that's why we get really in-depth into him, because not only was he kind of a partner, he was ultimately also a victim because uh you know when you're a serial killer you have no friends uh you just just don't (laughs) you leave no stone unturned all my friends are like excuse me what am i a duck like uh uh-oh um yes (laughs) so uh i'm gonna just go into the this part's pretty quick so i'll just kind of skim through here and then i'll let casper take over um 
we've kind of we kind of mentioned to you a lot in the first one about the American Ripper series that was on the History Channel. It's currently on Amazon Prime about uh, Jeff Mudgett, one of H.H. Holmes' descendants, uh, going into an investigation about a possible connection between H.H. Holmes and Jack the Ripper. And uh, one thing that was uncovered with this, as well as another documentary that I watched on Prime about H.H. Holmes, was that quite possibly one of his earliest murders could have been, um, and we mentioned this in the last one, it was a cousin and a little girl in the lake. It was a, it was a, his cousin was the girl. His cousin was the little girl. And then there was another cousin that was a man. Oscar, I believe his name was. Right. Right. Um, that drowned, that quote drowned. unquote drowned mysteriously. So if, if it's to believed his earliest murders were way early in his life. Um, but one of the, uh, I guess earliest that, that can be proven, we should say is, uh, a mistress of his, her name was Julia Smythe. She was the wife of Ned Connor who had moved into Holmes's building and started working at the pharmacy's jewelry counter. So the pharmacy was on the lower level of the uh, murder castle in Chicago. After Connor found out about the affair between his wife and Holmes, he quit the job, moved away, leaving Smythe and her daughter Pearl behind. Smythe gained custody of Pearl, remained at the hotel, and continued her relationship with Holmes. Julia and Pearl both disappeared on Christmas Eve of 1891. This is such a sad story. I remember hearing about this a lot, especially in that Prime documentary that I watched. Holmes later claimed she had died during an abortion, though what truly happened to the two was never confirmed. Another likely Holmes paramour, Emmeline Sagrand, we'll say, began working in the building in May of 1892 and disappeared that December. Another woman vanished, Edna Van Tassel, who was also believed to have been amongst Holmes's victims. Uh, yeah, that story of uh, Julianne Pearl was really sad, even though it's like, come on, lady, like, you just, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think if it's to believed, uh, I wouldn't have trusted my child around him. You know, I don't, I don't care what the situation would have been, but I definitely think he killed them. I don't think he cared one way or the other. It would take a very long time for me to trust somebody around my kid. Yeah, not, not that. Yeah, it just, you hear cases, even modern cases, unfortunately, of women that are just all too trusting of men too soon, and they leave them with their children, even for a moment, and this man, woman, whatever, this person, just, that's not their child, unfortunately. And that's how they feel sometimes. And if they don't want to be bothered and they take it out on that child and that's awful and it's horrible. And at times it can result in the death of the child or permanent injury of the child and whether mental or physical and it's, or both. And it's just, it's just awful all the way around. I mean, you know, I'm not saying that's always the case, there's a lot of cases that are beautiful when you bring people into your life and they're accepting of your children. It turns into a very beautiful situation, but sometimes those ugly, 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 ugly things happen. So I don't know. It just, everything I've read about H.H. Holmes, even looking at him, his whole attitude just would have turned me off. I just, I wouldn't have trusted him. I don't know. That's because we're empaths. <laughs> we sense that. Yeah. Just people. immediately. Some just, people don't have that gift. I just looked at him and I was like, well, um, 
When you get the heebie-jeebies from the picture? Immediately. No. Even a 200-year-old fucking picture. Just immediate, immediate heebie-jeebies. <laughs> uh, while working at the Chemical Bank building on Dearborn, Dearborn Street, Holmes met and became close friends with Benjamin Peitzel. He was a carpenter with a criminal past who was ex- exhibiting in that same building a coal bin that he had invented. Holmes used Peitzel as his right-hand man for several criminal schemes. A district attorney later described Peitzel as Holmes's tool, his creature. Uh, yeah, Peitzel Basically was, his bitch. I mean, he really was, and it's sad because the way his wife and his family described him, he was a very hardworking man and really just wrong wanted place, to wrong do... Time. He really just wanted to do whatever he could to take care of his family and unfortunately got hung up with Holmes and the money meant more to him than, you know, I don't know. Exactly. Just got hung up with the wrong person at the wrong time. I mean, you can say wrong 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 time, wrong place, but it was his decision ultimately. Yeah. I mean, but you're right. He was really only thinking about his family, like how, how he could provide for his family. Right. He had no ill intention in any of it. No. In early 1893, a one-time actress by the name of Minnie Williams had moved to Chicago. Holmes claimed to have met her in an employment office, though there were rumors that they had met in Boston years earlier. He offered her a job at the hotel as his stenographer, and she accepted. Holmes persuaded uh, Holmes persuaded her to transfer the deed to her property in Fort Worth, Texas, to a man named Alexander Bond, which was just one of Holmes's many aliases. In April of 1893, Williams transferred the deed, with Holmes serving as the notary. He later signed the deed over to Peitzel, giving him the alias Benton T. Lyman. The next month, Holmes and Williams, presenting themselves as man and wife, rented an apartment in Chicago's Lincoln Park. Minnie's sister Annie came to visit, and in July, she wrote to her aunt that she planned to accompany brother Harry to Europe. Neither Minnie nor Annie were seen alive after July 5th, 1893. Holmes had an entrepreneurial spirit. Based on his former medical education connections, he was able to sell skeletons to medical labs and schools. Um, As we mentioned earlier in the first part, we talked about him having that experience as a kid where he was bullied and pushed into a doctor's office into a corner of a real skeleton hanging there. And instead of it scaring the shit out of him, it decided to inspire him and cure him and whatever the hell. So he Yeah, the first time I saw a skeleton, I wasn't cured. No. Um, So he turned around and uh, started selling skeletons himself. you know, we'll have to do a podcast episode about Burke and Hare. Their story was always really interesting to me. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, during that time in the late 1800s, anatomy was pretty cutting edge in the medical field. And, uh, you know, it was just the next wave to study the human body in its best form to get more of an idea about um different diseases and cancers and, and, uh, several medical journals and things like that were being written at that time. So to have bodies to do these, uh, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Autopsies to do these, uh, during medical conferences for schools and colleges and universities, you needed a plethora of bodies. And at times, you know, they weren't always available. 
And uh, Burke and Hare were a really popular case because there was a doctor that was actually in cahoots with the two of them. And I don't think that doctor was ever convicted. I know he was pretty much run out of town at that point and didn't practice. But uh, they were a really interesting story because they were getting paid top dollar for bodies. And then they basically started killing people left and right to turn these bodies in and got caught. But that was an interesting story. So it's kind of funny that that was something that, you know, could have potentially freaked H.H. Holmes out as a kid, but didn't. And then he turned around and started selling them himself, but then was basically killing victims. So I think that's why there's a possibility that people could have had that uh, one to 200 victim number count. Because if you were able to find ledgers, I mean, he kept ledgers. That's how, you know, that was the big thing with the Ripper, with the American Ripper show, with connecting that he possibly went over to England during the time of Jack the Ripper because he kept very strict ledgers and there could that was like they said it was like possibly, every two and three weeks there were entries. There could have very possibly been ledgers that he had kept for the amount of bodies or skeletons that he donated to these schools because you're paid for each and every one. So I think that's why it's plausible that that number could be up so high in the 200s, because if that could have been close to the amount of bodies that he sold, who's to know if not all, if not most of those bodies were victims of his. So it's kind of like Bundy. There's a whole like from him going to where was he before Florida? Where was he? Was it Utah? He went to school in Utah and then he was in, uh, Colorado he pretty much went point. he pretty much went from one side of the country to another right. and there are no reports of him killing anyone during that time and I'm like you know he did. Well and see state to state cops didn't keep track exactly they didn't communicate even 30 or 40 years ago. This was literally 40 years ago with Bundy. So you're going even 240 years ago back with H.H. Holmes. I mean, look at how exactly. easy he was able to have aliases. That is fucking nuts to me. That you you could just you can't make do up that a, shit now. You could just make up a fucking name and have no paperwork, no ID, nothing backing or behind it, but just start signing paperwork with it, and all of a sudden that holds up. I mean, that was unfucking real. That is number one why he was able to get away with a lot of bullshit because he was just able to lie his way through it. It was so easy to get away with. There's there's no there's no way to keep up with it. There's no electronic trail like there is now. You can't yeah, there's no fucking way. You didn't even have social security numbers back then. So yeah, you just I mean the fuck they didn't, didn't even keep track of anything. They literally identified bodies by height. Yeah, they barely had <laughs> uh fingerprinting was barely a thing. I think that I mean, wasn't sure even it was, really developed it until like the twenties. Really yeah, that was kind of a thing, but really wasn't. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. But social security numbers definitely weren't a, weren't a thing at all. So keeping track of people was virtually impossible. If you wanted to just skip town and change your name for any fucking reason you could, it was literally that easy. And he definitely showed that. Um, so this was something that I remember hearing um, a lot, especially in various documentaries and podcasts about H.H. Holmes. Uh, He and sometimes his hired assistant, which would be Peitzel, were accused of stripping the flesh off the bodies, dissecting them, and preparing the viable skeleton. So this would be done in the basement of the murder castle 
serves me. If you do, you remember that from mm-hmm. the one documentary? Like the way they, I loved how descriptive that one was, where it yeah. gave you like the actors with it. So they would have like on the levels of the murder castles where it had the murder rooms, the torture rooms, and then the rooms would have the shoot. So they would go down into that basement, and then that's where him and Peitzel. Usually, he would make Peitzel do it which is really fucked up. There's reports that he made Pites will do a lot of it. Uh, he would have him basically cut open the body, strip them, um, and they would toss uh, the remains into pits of lime and acid, and then that would break down the evidence. Um, that was something that was also mentioned uh, during that American Ripper thing that there was property, and I think we mentioned it this last time too, that Holmes had property that was near the shoreline of the Chicago River um, and that there was evidence that there was something dumped right there by the A lot bodies, of something. A lot of something. So, I mean, you, you, it, if you guys watch it, I'm no expert on this shit, but if you guys watch it, they're able to show with sonar. They have experts. Something within the the deposits on the on the bottom of the water and the whatever. But they were they were able to show that many things over time were dumped there. Uh, so if if there was if you know if they threw lime and acid and and then threw them into concrete or whatever and just did whatever they could, whether it was bodies or not. I'm very. I could very well believe that they did it with remains. I hate that song, but <laughs> but you know what? I've seen it. I've seen it in TikToks and and other things that are pretty damn funny. So it serves it's it served its purpose. I was just throwing in a little funny thing in there because that, that got was real. Perfect, that though. got real deep for a minute. It <laughs> did get dark. It got real deep. Under the sea. <laughs> Under the sea. Sorry, guys. Um, Darling, it's better. Don't worry, it's better. <laughs> Not if you're cased in cement. <laughs> Just wait and see. <laughs> All right, I will let you uh, take over at this point if you would like. To. Okay, guys, so what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about, we're pretty much what we're going to do is we're going to do an overview about this whole um, Peitzel deal and then Becky's going to read an article that goes really in-depth into it. That way you guys get more of a because Wikipedia does a really good job of summarizing it, but there's like a whole bunch that it leaves out. So um, I'm going to go over that and then Becky's going to go more in detail. So with insurance companies pressing to prosecute Holmes for arson, he left Chicago in July of 1894. He reappeared in Fort Worth where he had hidden, 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 he had inherited property from the Williams sisters located at the intersection of modern day Commerce Street and 2nd Street. Therefore, he sought to construct another quote-unquote castle along the lines of his Chicago operation, once again swindling a number, a number of suppliers. I told which is basically what he did was when he remade, he was remaking another murder castle that was pretty much the exact same layout as the first one. So he was doing it all over again. I, this, yeah, it's unbelievable how easily he could have gotten away with. And the bitch probably would have moved anywhere he could have yep. and done this shit. Yep. He oh, would have been like, oh, it. they're figuring me out in this town. Well, let's it. pick up and move. And move to the next. Yep. 
So in July of 1894, Holmes was arrested and briefly incarcerated for the first time on the charge of selling mortgage goods in St. Louis, Missouri. He was promptly bailed out, but while in jail, he struck up, this is important, he struck up a conversation with a convicted outlaw named Marion Hedgepeth, who was serving a 25-year sentence. He concocted a plan to swindle an insurance company out of $10,000, which would be about $300,000 in today's money, by taking a policy out on himself and faking his death. Um, so he told Hedgepeth this plan, which I'm still like, why would he tell somebody this plan? This was his down. This was his, the beginning of his downfall was right here when he told, <coughs> when he told him everything. I mean, you almost wonder if it's like, you almost wonder, was he starting to crack? Like, was he just starting right? to get to where maybe he Why just... would you tell someone you don't know your entire plan? Especially if you're faking your own death. Like, what? I don't know. That's why I just said you don't have friends when you're a serial killer. So I don't know if it started to get to him and he just couldn't deal with it anymore or maybe. what. Maybe. But, yeah, this is an, that's an important detail later so on. So he actually promised Hedgepeth $500 commission in exchange for the name of a lawyer who could be trusted. Basically a dirty lawyer. Uh, Holmes was directed to a young St. Louis attorney named Jephtha Howe. Howe was in practice with his older brother, Alfonso Howe, who had no involvement with Holmes or Peitzel or their fraudulent activities. Jephtha, however, found Holmes' scheme brilliant. Nevertheless, Holmes' plan to fake his own death failed when the insurance company became suspicious and refused to pay. Holmes did not press the claim, and instead he concocted a similar plan with Peitzel. So now we're going to get into the Peitzel stuff. So Peitzel agreed to fake his own death so that his wife could collect on the $10,000 insurance policy. While she was to split with Holmes and Jephtha, the scheme which was to take place in Philadelphia called for Peitzel to set himself up as an inventor under the name of B.F. Perry and then be killed and disfigured in a lab explosion. Holmes was to find an appropriate cadaver to play the role of Peitzel. Instead, Holmes killed Peitzel by knocking him unconscious with chloroform, setting his body on fire with the use of benzene. In his confession, Holmes implied Peitzel was still alive after he used the chloroform on him prior to being set on fire. Oh my god. However, forensic evidence presented at Holmes' later trial showed chloroform had been administered after Peitzel's death, a fact of which the insurance company was aware unaware of. Presumably to fake suicide to exonerate Holmes should be charged with murder. So basically what this is saying is he set him on fire. While he was alive. Oh my god. Because this is saying that the chloroform was administered after his death. To which means look, yeah, he was burned alive. Post-mortem. So you can tell. Because, oh my god. That's awful. Literally H.H. H. Holmes is the worst. <laughs> I mean he is like his literally. is the worst. It's literally the fucking worst. It's the worst. Oh my god. So he comes. Hey. 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 Down by the riverside. <laughs> so, I don't even know There's where There's a lot of water themes going on tonight. There's um, a lot of water themes going on tonight. A lot of water. Uh, Holmes collected the insurance payout on the, ba on the basis of the genuine Peitzel corpse. <laughs> Holmes then went on to manipulate his unsuspecting wife into allowing three of her five children, Alice, Nellie, and Howard, to be in his custody. Bitch, I... Again, don't... Trust your kids with H.H. H. Holmes. 
It was not like she or any. She was in on it though. She knew that that was going to happen to her husband. Quote, oh, quote, that's that it right. Was be fake. That's right. She was in on the scheme because she. I mean, ten thousand dollars was a lot of fucking. That's three hundred thousand dollars today, but still, ten thousand dollars is a lot to me now. <laughs> Same. <laughs> um, but still, like, I I don't know. I I almost feel like Peitzel should have known better. I feel like everybody was just so fucking desperate at this point. Right. And Holmes was just the master fucking manipulator. Well, you know what they say about Tarses. I am very good at manipulating, but I don't use that quality because I don't like it. But I'm very good at it. So, anyway. (laughs) So, the eldest daughter and the baby remained with Miss Peitzel. Holmes and the three Paisal children traveled throughout the northern United States and into Canada. Simultaneously, he escorted Miss Paisal along a parallel route, all while using various aliases and lying to Miss Paisal concerning her husband's death, claiming that he was actually hiding in London, as well as lying to her about the true whereabouts of her three missing children. In Detroit, just prior to entering Canada, they were only separated by a few blocks. In an even more audacious, audacious, audacious move, Holmes... Holmes was staying in another location with his wife, who was unaware of the whole affair. Holmes would later confess to murdering Alice and Nellie by forcing them into a large trunk and locking them inside. He drilled a hole in the lid of the trunk and put one end of a hose through the hole, attaching the other end to a gas line to asphyxiate the girls. Holmes buried their nude bodies in the cellar of his rental house at 16 Vincent Street in Toronto. This home and address no longer exists, St. Vincent Street having long since been realigned into a part of Bay Street. Frank Geyer, was it Geyer or Geyer? Yeah, for sake of argument, we'll say Geyer. Okay. A Philadelphia police detective assigned to investigate homes and find the three missing children found the decomposed bodies of the two Peitzel girls in the cellar of the Toronto home. Detective Geyer wrote, the deeper we dug, the more horrible the odor became. And we reach when we reached the depth of three feet, we discovered what appeared to be the bone of the forearm of a human being. Geyer then went to Indianapolis, where Holmes had rented a cottage. He was reported to have visited a local pharmacy to purchase the drugs, which he used to kill Howard. In a repair shop, sharpen the knives he used to chop up the body before he returned it. The boy's teeth and bits of bone were discovered in the Holmes chimney. Holmes' murder spree finally ended when he was arrested in Boston. On November 17th of 1894, after being tracked there from Philadelphia by the Pinkertons, he was held on an outstanding warrant for horse theft in Texas as the authorities had become more suspicious at this point and Holmes appeared poised to flee the country in the company of his unsuspecting third wife. Of course he would. You know what's really funny? He was arrested in Boston in 1894. Guess what was going on? In Massachusetts at this time. So this is happening in 1894 in Boston. And guess what happened in 1892 in Fall River, which is one hour south. (laughs) I was like, hold on. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. It's only like 30 minutes south because it's an hour from Salem. So you're like, no, 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 no. It's like 30 minutes south. So you've got the whole Borden trial happening like around the same time this is going on yeah so i'm like were they aware of hh homes (laughs) because i feel like they would be i feel like that would be like a newspaper 
headline or something like Holmes arrested in Boston and especially with Fall River being so close to Oh Boston. no, it definitely would have been. It def it definitely would have been. Yeah. So um even though that's a fictional take on the story, the Lizzie Borden Chronicles, which starred Christina Ricci as Lizzie Borden, featured uh one of the uh more famous Pinkerton agents by the name of Charles Seringo. Um and uh, Cole Hauser actually plays him on the on the show, so I just I found that really interesting because that was one part of it that I like I distinctly remembered that from the show when I read that part about the Pinkertons being involved with, um, yeah, ultimately involved with H.H. Uh, H. Holmes' arrest. So, if you guys have not watched the Lizzie Borden Chronicles, do it. Also, it's just, this is so crazy how he literally could have gotten, man, he got so fucking close to getting away with all of this. I mean, he got really, really, really close to getting away with all of this. And I think the thing that really got me the worst about him was just how easily he lied and manipulated as well as he didn't, you know, it's almost like, how do I put this? Some serial killers have standards. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. some of them won't kill kids. Some of them won't kill well, pets. Some of them won't kill... You know what I mean? But, like, H.H. H. Holmes didn't give a fuck. He didn't care if you were a woman. He didn't care if you were his wife. He didn't care if you were his cousin. He didn't care if you were his friend. He, he didn't, didn't care if you were a baby. baby. He didn't care if you were a man. man. A child. A child. He didn't care if you were a man-child. No. He didn't care. No. no. <laughs> you, you... If but you're you absolutely stayed, right. If you were in the way, you just had to die. It's not like he picked and chose. It's just if you were in the way, you you just had to go. It didn't it didn't matter. Like, but I mean, you're absolutely owe, right. Nine times out of ten, every single serial killer has an has a type. They do, and an mo, and his just no, even though it kind of stayed the same, his mo kind of stayed the same. It also didn't. I think women were easier for him to manipulate. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's it's true. Especially back in that time. I mean, he was very good looking. He was charming. He was a doctor. I mean, let's be real. Most he... women back in that time were not very independent. And I'm not saying there weren't any that weren't. Look, it was just that time. It it's was the that time. time. And women had no rights. Women had nothing. And the independent women had to keep their mouth shut most of the time. So you have this man that's fairly good looking, that dresses like a prominent businessman, that has all these credentials he's a doctor he knows what to say he knows how to say it he knows how to wine and dine and so it's also another taurus trait the charming thing easily he was able to like i said i think that's the thing that just got me the worst about him how easily he was able to lie and manipulate and again like i said most serial killers have a certain type and he had no type if you got in the way you had to die it didn't matter and once Peitzel was out of the picture, he didn't owe anything to Peitzel's wife and kids. He didn't care one way or the other. No, nope. I'm not going to keep traveling around with these fucking kids. I'm going to kill them at some point. Like, he didn't care. He did not care. Not one. Not one care at all. So. I don't give a fuck about you. <laughs> that that was his theme song to oh, his yeah. life. Yep. Yep. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. 
following this... Following the discovery of Alice and Nellie's bodies in July of 1895, Chicago police and reporters began investigating Holmes Building in Inglewood, now locally referred to as, quote-unquote, the castle. Though many sensational claims were made, no evidence was found which would have convicted Holmes in Chicago, and according to Selzer, stories of the torture equipment found in the building are 20th century fiction. I mean, there there were blueprints found of various different things in the home. So, I mean, and we do know that obviously from the way that he killed the Williams sisters, that he was using something to gas. I mean, he gassed them out of that trunk. Who's to say he wasn't, that was one of the things that was purported that he did in the rooms that he would gas people in the rooms. So that's, I just, God, he loved to torture people. Yeah, Jesus Christ. I can barely stand it when I accidentally step on my cat's tail. (laughs) Well, that's the thing with being just as psychotic as he was. There's no empathy. Like, you don't feel. There, people don't, people are nothing. You know, he, that really, really famous quote by him, I was born with the devil in me. I could not help the fact that I was a murderer. No more than the poet can help the inspiration to sing. I was born with the evil one standing as my sponsor beside the bed where I was ushered into the world and has been with me since. I feel like he's basically saying right there that he did shit as a kid too. That the devil's been standing beside him since the day he was born. That's basically exactly what he said. That he's always, he was born and bred to be evil. That it's been beside him since the day he was brought into this world. And, yeah. It just, he's, he, ugh, God, this guy. Um, (laughs) The worst. (laughs) I mean, he is. He's literally literally the fucking worst. worst. So, uh... I just wanted to get um, into real quick. There is a article that I found that goes into some more detail about uh, Benjamin Peitzel, uh, actually his children, um, the ones that were unfortunately murdered by uh, Holmes. Um, Alice Peitzel, who was the eldest daughter, uh, she was taken in 1894 after he had murdered her father, and along with Nellie and Howard, he uh, killed her and her sister a few months later in the home that he had rented in Toronto. Um, So I think this was, this the same house that he buried the Williams sisters in? The one in Toronto, yes. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And then Nellie uh, was murdered at the same time, and... um, let me see. Okay, so I think the way, okay, so I think how he did it is he killed Alice and Nellie at the same time and then he suffocated Howard, which is just all in the same awful. But uh, because Howard's body was found in uh, Indianapolis not long after, um, Frank Geyer. Man, this guy, I'm telling you, you just got to give it up to him. He really did everything he could to press forward to, uh, and it was all through the letters. That's how he was able to keep track. It was all through the letters uh, 
Carrie was writing letters. Alice, who was the oldest, she was the one that, um, you know, that was something that was really heartbreaking in those documentaries was all the, the, the retellings and the readings of the letters, all of the letters that Alice wrote to her mother, just missing her so much and having no idea what's going on, not knowing at all that her father's dead, not knowing at all that she's pretty much on her way to dying, that she's never going to see her, her uh, mother again. Yeah, it's just a terrible story. I mean, what what happened to Carrie Peitzel, uh, which she was left to deal with after what H.H. Holmes did to her? I mean, not only manipulating her the way he did, but killing her husband and then ultimately killing three out of her five children. It's just horrific. And those kids were so young. And he just had those kids completely manipulated too. So, yeah. I just wanted to give a little background about the kids because... That was just the worst part. I think, like I said, just any, any, the, the murders of kids in any of these stories we do, I'm sure they're rough on everybody, but they're, they're particularly the roughest for me. I mean, of course you wouldn't have a heart if you didn't take it rough hearing about kids being murdered, but these are just always the, the worst ones for me. They never get easy. It's kind of like I always say, rape and murder for any age, I don't. I, I really don't like it, but for some reason, children and really old people, it's just, there's a special place in hell for you. Mm-hmm. A very special place in hell. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. young children and really old people are helpless. They can't, they can't do anything to defend themselves. And I feel bad for, especially for children, because children don't even know what's happening. Old people know what's happening, but still, children are just, like, have no idea because of their innocent minds. Yep. The world is evil. (laughs) Evil. But that's how I feel about it. (laughs) Oh my god, it's not like a door opening. (laughs) That was her, that was her laugh. Where's the creek, ma'am? <laughs> that was great. That was that was fantastic. So now I can't breathe. <laughs> in October of eighteen ninety five. Oh my god! And it's not the Rona. I just can't fucking breathe. <laughs> so my roommate last night. Oh um, my god. Okay, and am I the only one who hasn't woken up every single day through all of this and like, yep, I got it. Uh, I'm just I can't count on anymore. Accepted. How many times I've thought I've had it. <laughs> I have very, very bad allergies. Oh, so anytime same. my throat hurts, I'm like the Rona. <laughs> so last night my roommate got choked on water. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not funny. <laughs> and she, she, uh, she got choked on water. Proceeded to be fine, and then today her chest has been hurting. And she said she still feels like she's got, like, something in her lungs. And I said, you could have accidentally, like, inhaled the water. Girl, and that was sitting in your lungs. real fucking thing. So she's like, oh, I'm just so annoyed by this. <laughs> and I was, like, trying to find her solutions so she wouldn't have to go to the doctor to get her lungs, like, flushed or anything. So tonight she told me she was going to sit in the bathroom and make her, like, um, her steam she's gonna like start this whole steam thing in the bathroom and like try to clean out her 
her lungs and she's like, this is just annoying. I'm annoyed. And I was like, honey, it's not like you meant to do it. And she goes, that's exactly the point. Like, I inhaled my water, and now here we are. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, you'll live. It's not the Rona. Like, the whole time she's like, I hope that's what it is. And I'm like, your chest isn't going to hurt when you have the Rona. (laughs) But I'm like, I can't laugh at her because I'm like, how many times have I had the slightest thing wrong with me? My stomach hurts. The Rona. Diarrhea. The Rona. I cough, the Rona. <laughs> it's like, the Rona. Fucking 20 years from now, we're all gonna have PTSD from this sh- the word quarantine. Like, what? <laughs> oh, God. The Rona. It's like, we're gonna have PTSD from this fucking Rona shit and quarantine shit. Like, I remember I was watching something and it said the word quarantine and I said too soon. <laughs> <laughs> the bounce back after you've out died. <laughs> Sorry, we had to take a pause from un momento. Yeah, I deleted um, a whole segment of me just absolutely coughing up a lung. Yeah, but no, we we are all going to have PTSD after this. Hey, it'd be really good to go into uh, counseling right now because you're going to make a bunch of money. Yeah. <laughs> The world needs more counselors at this point. Yeah, I was going to say, if anybody is uh, given that thought, we could all use some counseling and some therapy. I mean, some a lot more than others. But I feel like I need therapy for a lot. Anyway, we're going to move on from that. In October 1895, Holmes was put on trial for the murder of Benjamin Peisel and was found guilty and sentenced to death. By then, it was evident that he had also murdered... He had murdered. <laughs> murdered. 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 <laughs> Have you ever been murdered? I swear. I'm sorry, guys. You know what? I think it's just because this whole fucking podcast subject has just been so heavy. I know. We're just... I hope you guys are appreciating the laughter anyway. We'll we'll continue. So by then, it was evident that Holmes had also murdered the Paisal children following his convention... <laughs> <laughs> his convention. Following the convention for the Myrtle. <laughs> Uh, he had a Myrtle convention. <laughs> that Myrtle convention. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, well, write that down. That's another shirt idea. The Myrtle convention. Myrtle convention. Oh my god. In Chicago. In Chicago. Yes. Following his conviction... Holmes confessed to 27 murders in Chicago, Indianapolis, and Toronto, though some persons he quote-unquote confessed were still alive, which were five of them. Yeah, we did go Um, over that the last time. Were any of those the attempted murders? It says six attempted murders. He was paid $7,500, which is worth $230,000 by the Hearst newspaper. The Hearst newspapers in exchange for his confession, which was quickly found to be mostly nonsense. So what I think happened is his attempted murders could have been, but only that one person came forward and was like, hey, I'm still alive. Like, this is not, I'm not dead. He didn't kill me. 
Holmes gave various contradictory accounts of his life, initially claiming innocence and later that he was possessed by Satan. I would also like to say that this man was a legit pathological liar, which oh, we have like, mentioned before. From from childhood. He when um, he was conceived, it was like lie. But you know, the the reason you know there there was viable reasons to believe that there could have been more murders than what he said, like you oh, yeah. mentioned, because of the way that the, you know, murder castle itself was designed. It was designed in a way that there were, you know, and this, it, even though there, you know, there were four plans, even though some of which it seemed like he changed up and, you know, obviously he did hire and fire many different people so that nobody became aware of what he was doing. But there were apparently various labyrinths of false floors, trap doors, secret passages, the chutes into the basements, um, the closets, the soundproof rooms, um, gas vents, all, all numbers of different, different things. Um, and I think, so I think, were there any, now going back just real quickly before we get into the rest of it, were there any other murders in Indianapolis besides the little boy? <clears throat> Not that I know of. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's the only one, uh, cause most of his murders were just Chicago. Okay. That's right. And then in Toronto, the two sisters yeah. and then the kids. Okay. That's right. That we can prove anyway. Right. Exactly. Um... So he did claim that he was possessed by Satan. His propensity for lying has made it difficult for researchers to ascertain the truth on the basis of his statements. For writing his confessions in prison, he mentioned how drastically his facial appearance had changed since his imprisonment. He described his new grim appearance as gruesome and taking a satanical cast, and how he now was convinced that after everything he had done, he was beginning to resemble the devil. <clears throat> On May 7th of 1896, Holm was hanged at Myomensing Prison, also known as the Philadelphia County, County Prison, for the murder of Peitzel. Until the moment of his death, he remained calm and am amiable, showing very few signs of fear, anxiety, or depression. Despite this, he asked for his coffin to be contained in a cement and buried ten feet deep because he was concerned grave robbers would steal his body and use it for dissection. <laughs> I said I always thought that was just so fucking funny. Which is exactly he what he did. Want what happened to him to be what he, you know, what he did to everybody else. Um, his neck did not actually snap. Darn. He instead, <laughs> damn it. He instead strangled to death slowly because he was myrtled. Twitching. <laughs> oh, I actually like this myrtle. <laughs> this is a great myrtle. He, he's, he struggled. <clears throat> this is actually great. I'm actually glad. He insisted. Nope. He instead strangled to death slowly, twisted, twitching for over 15 minutes before being pronounced dead 20 minutes after the trap had been sprung. Mm. On New Year's Eve 1909, Hedgepeth, who had been pardoned for informing on Holmes, was shot and killed by police officer Edward Jaburik yeah. during a holdup at a Chicago saloon. So Holmes never paid Hedgepeth. <clears throat> and Hedgepeth actually pretty much gave them his entire plan because he never paid him. So he was basically like, fuck you. Yeah. And told the police everything. That was another big thing that, that got him, too. Because he never paid up. Whoops. <laughs> <clears throat> so there was a... Um, 
I'm sorry. On March 7th, 1914, the Chicago Tribune reported that with the death of Quinlan, the former caretaker of the castle, the mysteries of Holmes Castle would remain unexplained. Quinlan had committed suicide, taking... Strychnine. His body was found in his bedroom with a note that read, I couldn't sleep. Quinlan's surviving relatives claimed that he had been quote-unquote haunted for several months and was suffering from hallucinations. <clears throat> Excuse me. The castle itself was mysteriously gutted by fire in August of 1895. According to a newspaper clipping from the New York Times, two men were seen entering the back of the building between 8 and 9 p.m. About half an hour later, they were seen exiting the building and rapidly running away. Following several explosions, the castle... <coughs> oh, that scared me. <laughs> I am so sorry. I could not hold that. Fucking allergies. Anyway, I'm so sorry. <laughs> that was... That's gonna be a good laugh. That was amazing. Um. Oh, my God. Oh, my apologies. Following several explosions, the castle went up in flames. Afterwards, investigators found a half-empty gas can underneath the back steps of the building. The building survived the fire and remained in use until it was torn down in <clears throat> 1938. The site is now occupied by the Inglewood branch of the United States Postal Service. Yeah, they were saying... So that was another thing I found. <coughs> you guys can find... There's a really amazing picture on the Wikipedia page where it actually has, uh, like, a composite of the castle itself, where it stood at one time, to where the post office is now at 63rd and Wallace in Chicago, Um in the Inglewood neighborhood of the city of Chicago, <clears throat> Illinois. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty neat to the part on American Ripper where they talked about the adjacent parking lot of the, uh, post office itself is where, uh, there still could possibly be human remains. And I think it's interesting. <clears throat> so, I almost wonder if it was somebody that maybe the assistant, so it said it wasn't until 1914 that Quinlan committed suicide. So if the fire happened in 1895, I'm wondering if maybe he was somehow involved with it. And even if they found a gas can that could have possibly been the accelerant to the fire, you know, I mean, it's pretty interesting that the fire itself, that the building would actually explode. I mean, to me, that would give even, give even more credence to there possibly being, like, gas in the house. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially, uh, what was the one? Did they say specifically what type of gas that he used for the Williams sisters? Hey. <coughs> no. <laughs> You're like, no. Could have been propane, who knows. But anyway, I think it was, for it to explode like that, it was I'm a thinking there gas, was, for yeah, sure. there was definitely a flammable gas in there. Um, oh my God, how much chloroform was in there too? Because apparently he loved to chloroform everybody. <clears throat> the man that loved was, the chloroform. That was a thing. So, 
Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Um, also, there was a huge uh, debate if Holmes had actually died when they hung him. Uh, so, in 2017, there were allegations that he escaped execution. So his body was exhumed for testing, led by Janet Mong or Monge. <clears throat> I believe it's Mung, because this was also what we saw right on American Ripper. So not only was this part of actually wondering if Holmes had actually faked his own death, this was also to possibly see if Holmes was <clears throat> uh, Jack the Ripper, even though we really don't have any definitive DNA from Jack the Ripper himself. So it's still quite possible that given the circumstantial evidence, H.H. Holmes, Herman Mudgett could quite possibly be Jack the Ripper. But yes, in 2017, amongst the reasons with the American Ripper show, one of the other biggest reasons upon the request of Jeff Mudgett, one of his descendants, um, was that quite possibly uh, Holmes did fake his death or possibly didn't die at all, that there could have been another body buried. I don't think this was Hinchpin. This was somebody else that was in prison with him before he died. Wasn't there like a rumor that there was like another guy in prison with him that supposedly he was going to pay to switch bodies with him or something? I, I thought I had seen something regarding that. Um, but anyway, I just still think it was interesting enough that he was so I I don't think it was so much, you know, there was something mentioned that part of the reason why he did this was because it was to fake his own death. I think he did it because he legitimately did not want his body to end up the way he did to other people. Absolutely. You know, karma, he knew karma, <laughs> like he just did, he did not want that shit to happen to him above anything else as fucking terrible as he was he did not want in death to be his plight of what he did to other people i think it was more that versus him being this mastermind and wanting to escape death and hide it and keep it he from may people, have which, which I, I could totally see him doing yeah that. you could contemplate that because he is a bit of a mastermind i take that back he is a mastermind he created that whole fucking murder castle you would have to be a mastermind to do that um, but I think to go to the depths of that part of his mastermind mm. plan, it was probably a thought. I can agree upon that, but <clears throat> excuse me. I don't think it's something We're that both he, struggling. sorry, fucking allergies guys. I don't think it's something that he ultimately decided to do. Um, I just think it was interesting. God, it was so interesting to see how intact it was. Yeah. His clothes, uh, it was because he was contained in the cement. Uh, his clothes were almost perfectly preserved, and his mustache was intact. Yep. The body On was the positively identified by his teeth as Holmes, and he was reburied. Yep. That's fucking crazy. The bitch had his mustache. Yeah, if you guys want to see all of it, like we said, American <laughs> Ripper, it's on the very last episode. It's available on Amazon Prime for free. Um, you know, and obviously they were able to do DNA with Jeff Mudgett to determine that it was in fact, uh, Holmes's body in there, but it was pretty 
remarkable to see how uh, intact it was after all that time because of it being encased in cement for as long as it was. Um, So just really quickly, guys, before we close out, uh, I did want to mention again about a uh, really, really amazing best-selling book called The Devil in the White City, Murder, Magic, and Madness at the Fair that Changed America that was written by Eric Lawson in 2003. This is really the quintessential book about H.H. Holmes and the murders during the 1893 World's Fair in Chicago at the Murder Castle. I mean, you just, you really don't get anything better than this. Um... One quick thing I would like to throw out there is that in 2010, Leonardo DiCaprio bought the film rights to this book. Um, So in 2019, Hulu began developing a series. Leonardo DiCaprio and Martin Scorsese will executive produce. um, And Paramount Television will also produce. So originally the film version that was planned was going to feature Leonardo DiCaprio as H.H. Holmes and then have Martin Scorsese to direct and that it would be jointly produced by Paramount and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's production company. But I guess as of February of 2019, it was ultimately going to be devised into a series on Hulu about H.H. Holmes um, there's still not anything set to say who will ultimately play H.H. Holmes. I still think it would be kind of a cool idea if it was Leonardo DiCaprio, just saying. Um, but, uh, yeah, there hasn't been anything said since then. Obviously, there's a big hold on fucking, literally 2020 is put on hold for fucking everything because of Corona. But, um, I would love to see this come to fruition. That would be fucking amazing to see this turn into uh a tv show a movie whatever um i would just love to see how it would play out i'm just really i'm i'm excited i i would really i really 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 hope hulu still follows through with this or that martin scorsese and leonardo dicaprio and paramount still follow through with this whomever they decide to release it through whether it's hulu netflix whatever um, I just still really want to see this come to fruition. It's just, this would be a really cool story. I mean, there hasn't been, there's been all different types of movie adaptations about Jack the Ripper, but there hasn't been any about H.H. H. Holmes. And I think H.H. H. Holmes I'm is- I'm shocked is about the, that. That is, that, that is shocking. It really is. I mean- We've got Ted Bundy, we've got Dahmer, we've got- I think there were glimpses of H.H. H. Holmes mentioned on American Horror yeah, Story Yeah, Evan Peters, Evan Peters' was, character. Right, but, but still, that's not a, that's, I, I want a full-length movie. I want an actual feature. I want a f- television, uh, show about H.H. H. Holmes. Like, I want it centered- Specifically, I want somebody to play him. I want Peitzel. I want Frank Geyer's character. I want you bring know. them all. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a story. I'm again, both of us are shocked that it's never grown into a series or a movie as of yet, and it needs to because it's just it's the perfect story from beginning to end. It, it, you know, just the way he was raised, as much of a shyster as he was, the way he was able to manipulate people, then you lead him to the murders themselves. 
what was going on in 1893 in Chicago at that time during the fair, the castle, Peitzel, the family, Geyer, the trial, just the whole thing. I mean, it could play out. They could do it even the way they did the the, the Lizzie Borden Chronicles. Like they could they could do that in a series. And you know, they don't have to make it necessarily real. Like somewhat fictionalized yeah because that because the story itself kind of is i mean we really don't know anybody who entered that murder castle that had an interaction with h.h holmes did not come out alive on the other end so a lot of the story of what happened within the castle itself kind of is fiction so i mean you could easily (laughs) fictionalize it god damn it i'm sorry Dear, do you need more water? I'm good. <laughs> right now. <laughs> just, there's just so much going on. But um, yeah, I'm I'm I want to see this turn into a, a movie or something soon. Well, to be honest with you, anything made about Lizzie Borden is fictional. Yeah, nobody was there. Nope. And the ones that were there were <clears throat> killed, and she's never going to tell. <laughs> <laughs> Took that to the grave, but yeah, I mean. Oh my god, I'm on S games mode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there just there was so much going on in the late 1800s, and I just think so much of it had to do with what was going on at the turn of the century during the industrial period and all of this just makes for great stories and H.H. Holmes story is a great one and yeah this was a great podcast to do and I'm so glad we decided to I do am it really glad <clears throat> yeah you are yeah I'm really glad we you did could. too it doesn't feel as rushed when we have that much no, time. No, his, and I did not want to rush, rush him. this story at all. At all. There's just so much information. I'm trying to remember, okay, where exactly did it say he was, the city he's buried? Because I know when they, when we watched that American Ripper, so he's buried, but he actually bought two funeral plots, and he's buried in the middle Bitch. And I'm just like, what the fuck? You're extra, sir. H.H. <clears throat> Holmes is extra. I mean, he is super extra, like, sir. <laughs> I I don't even understand why can I have that two? even need to, to be. Can I have two? Can I just have those two right there? So I can take up. Okay, so in Philadelphia. The most space that I possibly need. Okay. Holy Cross Cemetery. That is where he is buried. In Philadelphia. Holy Cross. In case anybody wanted to go. Apparently, is it? it's unmarked, though. It is unmarked. Yeah. So... Probably another reason why he didn't want people to dig him up. Can't find a grave if it's unmarked. So I'm guessing that unless someone has already been there or you're able to pinpoint the trajectory from maybe the show to figure out where maybe it is. Maybe if you did some rando nodding and it took you there. Yeah. I, no, um, I'm kidding. Don't do that show. No, I wouldn't. Not. No. Um, at all. Uh, but 
yeah, that's it. You know, I, I don't know. I wouldn't want to go there. I, I would have no there. desire to go to no, uh, his grave. No. When you go to <clears throat> when you go to someone's grave, you pay your respects. I have nothing to give him. No. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, he gets no. You get no respect, dude. I'll go poop. I'll go poop on it mm-hmm. if I can poop. If you could muster up, if I could muster it up. If you could myrtle. If I could myrtle at the convention. <clears throat> okay, guys, so we hope you enjoyed our two-parter of H.H. Uh, H. Holmes. My brain stopped working. <laughs> like, it just it just stopped working. I was like, hope you enjoyed it. Keep okay, bye. <laughs> um... But it was actually really cool being able to research all this and getting a lot of refreshers, learning things I didn't know. Um, But now I'm pretty sure I could write a book about him, so. Oh my god, this guy. He is the worst. Him and Ted Bundy have to be two of the worst that we've done so far that were just almost kind of hard to get through even in research because they just... Bundy really affected me. This one... Affected me too, but I was able to push a lot of it out because I went on vacation this past weekend, so I was able to not think about it. <clears throat> yeah, Excuse that's me. true. That is true. I think I think kind of you know we kind of had a little mini trip, so just kind of getting away from people uh, was nice for a little while to clear my head and everything. Bundy so is helped, actually but... the one that had that really fucked with me. Do you know what I think the worst was with Bundy was actually having references to hearing his voice. So it's literally like his voice was in your head. We don't know what H.H. H. Holmes sounded like. I mean, apparently, even though there's, there's apparently yeah, there's cellophane recording. recordings uh, that are so fragile. They on the show they didn't play them, but. They had a, uh, like a, he collected a script written out of what he said, but, uh, apparently there are, uh, the way, yeah, the way they were played back then on a phonograph where they were big reels, like cellophane reels. And over time, if they're not kept properly, they become brittle and they're really, really, really delicate. So, uh, apparently there are audio recordings of H.H. Holmes, but I think it really did make the difference that. Bundy's voice can just really get into your head. And I think if we had heard or been able to hear Holmes's voice, it would have been the exact same thing. Well, also, there are very, 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 very detailed accounts of what he did to them on Wikipedia. Yeah. We don't know details of Holmes. Yeah. We we know a little bit, but... I mean, it goes in. Oh my God! Depth. Just lighting. Oh God, though, just the thought of him lighting. Apparently, uh, lighting the the thought of him lighting Peitzel on fire alive is horrific mm. in him in itself, and or uh, him stuffing the Williams sisters inside that trunk and gassing them alive. I mean, that's you. you <sighs> suffocation is the. It's suffocation like, that no terrifies breathing. me that's like drowning that's just like yeah, the, that's yeah that's, that's water fucking water in the lungs uh no sorry daniel <laughs> sorry she's working on it <laughs> she's like look i'm trying oh. so guys next week 
that scared me. I thought you were actually like making that sound. Oh my I god, like, I wish I was that good at it. Where <laughs> did that come from out of your body, ma'am? Because you're just sitting there. I was and sitting here not even doing anything. She's like not even moving and I'm like, where oh, is that sound Excuse me, from? one moment please. I'm really glad uh, this no, didn't happen. that wasn't the sound. <laughs> Lint. He's in the snow. Aww. buppers. Anyway. So you guys are probably like, what the fuck for the wolves? Werewolves! We're yeah. going to talk about werewolves next not, week. Not puppers. Not puppers. Uh, I mean, they can't. I mean, it, <laughs> they, they ain't cute and cuddly. No. 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 We've talked a lot about a lot of other cryptids. Cryptids. <laughs> That was crippid. We talked about some crippids Merlin. <laughs> Out here Merlin in the conventions. Crippids. Swear for God. <laughs> um, we've talked about a lot of cryptids, but we actually came to the realization that we have not talked about werewolves. Yeah, we had to literally go through our plethora list of podcasts, past podcast episodes, and it's like, nope. No, like, I talked about werewolves. I think on the early original like cryptid episode we, we did, did, we probably like breezed we didn't go over depth, werewolves, but we didn't go in depth. Uh, yeah, I mean, werewolf lore spans all over the world in various different cultures. One that everybody, I'm sure, is very familiar with is the Lugaru in uh, France. So that one's a popular one. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I hope you guys enjoy. I that spotted a one. werewolf at Trader Vex, and his hair was perfect. Nope. <laughs> werewolves, werewolves of London. London. <laughs> great fucking How? songs. Okay, so I song. was playing that song at work the other day, and my coworker started singing it, and I was like, "It's a great you song. know this song." And it's he's a great like, song. He's a hairy-handed gent. Who ran a monk in Kent? Lately, he's been heard in Mayfair. My <laughs> He'll rip your lungs out, Jim. My damn. I'd like to meet his tailor. <laughs> we should post uh one of the pictures we need to post is that badass fucking werewolf that Joe Rogan's got in his studio. They have that, that is the coolest wolf fucking the thing. It's the exact same. It's the Salem. exact same one at the wax museum. So, guys, if you don't, if you guys have seen American Werewolf in London, there's the scene after the guy transforms into the wolf, where he's like kind of crouched on the ground, and uh, Rick Baker is one of the was one of the creators, and <clears throat> um, a guy does the models, and Joe Rogan famously, and that picture's been around. Everybody should know the picture he he posted a lot himself um because it's like right in the middle of his studio is uh an exact replica of that wolf from american werewolf in london and it's the same one well not the exact same one but the same model that we saw at the uh wax museum in salem so uh yeah even more of a reason to go to the wax museum um just go because it's fucking dope it's just fucking amazing anyway but yeah that fucking werewolf is so so dope because that's such an iconic scene in that movie specifically. So uh yeah, seeing, I fucking love that picture. I seeing that love thing it. like in life size to like Oh, it they was had, really fucking crazy. They had uh, the pictures don't do it justice. No. 
No, the, they don't. The detail, the teeth and oh everything. It's, it's terrifying. And like they had. Um, and it's huge. <laughs> at the very end, they had like the OG slashers and there was a Valak. I'm oh, telling yeah, you what, that Valak scared that the one, fuck out of me. Because it was coming out of the wall with the picture, yeah, with the hands No, not that it. one. The actual Valak that was standing next to, like, Freddy Oh, that one Jason at the end. Okay, no, the picture I literally creeped up to it, worse. and I looked up at it, and I was like, if this fucker moves, run. <laughs> and I was, like, waiting for it to I'd move. be Speedy Gonzalez. You would just see a dust trail. I'd be like, run, and then I'd look down, and I'm like, where the fuck? I would Where did she go? Already. Where did she go? You don't even get in, out, and run to black folks. We're already gone. Like, you're just like, wait. Oh my Shit, God, I didn't like get that, the whole fucking word out. Like that vine of it says, whenever one black person runs, oh, yeah, they'll you just, run. You no, get no explanation. No. And no. it says, this one we black guy, he's questions. running. And then there's black people running behind him. And then there's another one. He's like, why are we running? I don't know. And they're just all taken off. And this we don't massive ask group of black people's in this park. And they pass them, and they all start running. We don't ask questions. You ask questions. That's white people, you know, we're like, what's back there? Y'all are running towards it. What's back there? We're running away. (laughs) We know how this works. We know how this movie ends. Um, also a huge shout out to a podcast called Behind the Screams. Um, we are going to be on an episode they're releasing on Friday about top found footage films. That was a fun, fun, fun episode. Fun, fun, fun. It was absolutely great. Um, he will be releasing that on all of his platforms on Friday. Um, he will be promoting it tomorrow, and I will be promoting it tomorrow. So um, just to let you guys know, like, it's coming out and everything. So I will definitely give you guys a link to his podcast so you can follow him. Um, he is really cool, very nice, and it was very, very, very fun. Also, somebody po- posted a meme that said, Navigating 2020 be like, and it was a picture of Mike from Blair Witch, and I lost my mind. I thought that was absolutely hilarious. Because, <laughs> let's be real. <laughs> um, That's amazing. So now, a word from our small sayer. Calm your body down. <laughs> It was like, <laughs> it was perfect. like all just all the, Let me all the nasals, all the nasals, all the nasals of the myrtles. Oh no. <laughs> That's scary. I got you back. Okay, you got me back. Cause I went into like mid laugh and then I thought you were laughing and you sneezed. I was like, oh, I was like, oh no, <laughs> it's coming. Is puppet? Is puppet? I'm gonna try to get this out. I'm trying. Okay. Anyway, um, so guys, there will possibly be a new product coming up soon. I am kind of throwing around the idea. Um, you know, I know I post a, a little bit more on the Instagram pages about the bath bombs, kind of more in conjunction with the new rosebud uh, bath scrub, which is still available on the Etsy shop. But, um, you know, we do have a, a various different body creams available. Um, the regular scent, the vanilla scent, the peppermint scent. There's also the uh, honey scented. Um, but there is a new product that I'm kind of throwing around in relation to the body cream. 
Um, so I'm thinking the end of this week, I'm kind of going to be taking a poll to see what people think, to see if they're interested, kind of the way I did with the rosebud scrub, just kind of to get an idea of what everybody thinks about it. Um, and then if ultimately it's something that everybody is in favor of, I will post about it. Um, and then once I kind of get all the fixins, I'll have it featured. So be looking forward to that coming up. Otherwise, um, again, guys, the bath bombs, the scrubs, the body creams, everything is on sale on Etsy, free shipping all around the U.S., Please support your small businesses, your Black-owned businesses, and please support small businesses during these times with this post office. Please support the post office. They need it right now. We all need the post office right now. Way more than we ever think we do, we need it. We all do. But small businesses especially thrive on it. So please support um, Etsy. Just search Calm Your Body Down. And thanks again, guys. Support! Support, support! Calm your body down. Love it. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Holy shit. If you'd like to give us a follow on social media, we have Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please follow us at Don't Fuck With The Original. Make sure to spell it out with the apostrophe or you will not find us. If you have any questions, concerns, or just want to say hi, hi. please email us at dfwto8493 at gmail.com. Or don't. Or don't. If you ain't got nothing nice to say... Don't say nothing at all. Exactly. Haters gonna hate. Potatoes gonna potate. (laughs) (laughs) I think I broke her. Also, to everybody and all their kind words uh, in regards to my post today, I love you all and I thank you. And yes, fuck the haters. Haters gonna hate. Potatoes Potatoes gonna gonna potate. potate. And if you want to... Well, tomatoes... Tomate? Depends on how you pronounce it. <laughs> They're either tomate or tomat. <laughs> tomate or, or tomat? tomat. That is That's the question. question. <laughs> I'm sorry. Guys, all right, we're finishing. We're done. We're done. I'm done. So I'm if done. you want to give us a follow or subscribe, please do. We are on Podbean, CastBox, Podcast Player, Podcast Addicts, and Spotify. You will find out when we put out new episodes, which is always every Wednesday, unless something happens, and we will always notify on social media, so make sure to follow the social media so you know what is going on, what is going on, what is happening, and all that shit. Okay, guys, study up on your werewolves. Not the Twilight ones. Study up on your werewolves for next week, even though the Twilight ones, honestly, they're really, really pretty. We're just studying up on them. (laughs) Okay, guys, bye. Bye.